Hi, welcome to my podcast. I am Dr. Lauren Goodall. I'm a clinical psychologist, and this is Psychology in Short. Today's topic is called the everyday psychopath. Okay, so this is the psychopath that you can run into um, that is more typical than unknown. So... As we start, I think it's really important to define what a psychopath is. People have a lot of ideas about it, um, but a lot of it is mixed up. Um, I think there's a lot of confusion, so I'm going to take the time to explain it and then kind of break it down even further. Um, I always like things to be able to have some practical uh, use so that it's a lot more than a checklist to you because checklists... Uh, aren't enough okay you have to be able to see something you got to be able to recognize it and you got to be able to recognize it from far away otherwise it's just a checklist Uh, first of all there are psychopaths that um, are what you expect serial killers uh, cruelty to animals all sorts of horrible horrible violent and aggressive acts okay that is a psychopath of of what most people are familiar with But there is a psychopath that also exists that has, doesn't have the violence, doesn't have the aggressiveness, okay? Um, And I'm going to talk a little bit about them and what to look for and and where they lurk, so to speak. Um, There's an article, and it was in Fortune Well by Erin Prater, uh, May 25th. 2023, and she goes in to define the term successful psychopaths, okay? So instead of looking in the dumpster for these people, uh, they're in the other end, all right? And so she goes to, she says, these people go undetected. Um, You know, the criminal psychopaths, um, although uh, I should say they're psychopaths who have criminal tendencies, okay? But one's the violent, aggressive type, and one is not. So I'm going to be talking about the one that is not. Um, they are an industrial, organizational, business, and all sorts of executive admin places. All right. So to give you a brief overview, um, you know, the crash, the financial crash of 2008 was a very large banking event in in the U.S. And not only did it affect the banking industry as a whole, but the housing industry, mortgage rates, people lost their houses, etc. I'm not an economist, so I'm not going to go into any further detail than to just give the overview. Um, There was a movie out called The Big Short to try to explain what happened, and not only what happened um, in, in America, but it also had a global financial aspect to it. And what I refer to that event as a uh, multi-layered, high-functioning psychopath uh, incident. Uh, that was apparently um, long coming. But high-functioning psychopaths, okay, so basically assisted this whole process. And so let me define what a 
high-functioning psychopath is. Okay, so these people are very superficial. Um, they're charming um, in the sense that they are pretty smooth. They're, they, they, don't, they generally don't stutter. They don't squeak when they walk. They, they appear smooth, flawless, and bulletproof. Uh, they generally, high-functioning psychopaths are very intelligent. So they tend to like competitive environments, and that's where they excel, okay? They would be bored with anything less than a competitive environment, okay? And egocentric personality means, you know, it's basically all about them. They have a goal. They go for the goal. The goal is usually financial, okay? So if they're on your radar, um, you bring something to the equation of uh, intellectually, um, resource-wise, network-wise, okay? These people are looking to, to connect with people with resources. Not so much that they want to connect with people. That's the mistake, okay? They don't really... People are tools, okay? Uh, uh, a vehicle to go from point A to point D. Um, but they know enough to know how to socially engage, Okay, and with that, when this, this um, you know, after the crash of 2008, people started looking at stockbrokers as psychopaths. There was, um, you know, saying, hey, what industry has psychopaths in it? Psychopaths meaning they can lie, they can be charming, and they can be deceptive, okay? Um, so they took the idea of, okay, a stockbroker, and, and keep in mind, not all people in these fields that I'm going to discuss are psychopaths. That would be a bold, uh, a bold brush stroke that would be wrong. Okay, but high functioning psychopaths are attracted to certain industries, and you know basically they were saying in in the field of being a stockbroker, you got to shoot fast, you got to be impulsive, you've got to have nerves of steel. And a lot of these guys, you can lose your shirt and they're back in the game again, okay? So nothing really stops them. They're very goal-directed. And let's see, there was an article, and, and it was um, March 14th of 12. And it was by a Dr. Ronald Shouten. And uh, he's also a, a JD, so he's an attorney as well. And the title of the article is Psychopaths on Wall Street. And so he goes to describe these traits, uh, superficial charm, high intelligence, no remorse, um, kind of detached from interpersonal aspects. Um, and But basically, his article sums up saying, hey, but you know what? If you know what to look for, you know, you could dodge hiring these guys. Uh, that was about the only thing I disagreed with him on is, no, I think, I think it's hard to spot these guys. Um, they're in a, uh, a lot of guys. There's also women that are high functioning psychopaths. So let's just make that clear right out of the gate too. Um, but they're not easy to spot. They're not easy to detect because although they're not social, they have enough social cues. Okay. Um, so, and, and they know how to navigate, you know, they, they have a way of navigating high end spaces. So anyway, so I think this triggered this whole Wall Street 
kind of attack on that um, after 2008. It was just an easier to say, hey, there's probably some psychopaths in there. Okay, fine. All right. So then there's, there's also an article by Kathy Kristoff. And hers was September 27 of 11. And the title of the article is, Think Your Stockbroker is Psycho? I know it sounds offensive. But this, uh, she took a look at a study. There was a, G- a German news site that, looked, that conducted um, a small behavioral study. And they wanted to look at the psychopathic trait of egotism, okay, which means everything's about me, everything's about what I want. I will look like we're on the same team, but at the end of the day, I have a goal and I'm going to meet it, even if it means stepping on your face, okay? So the goal was to compare egotism and the propensity to cooperate among a group of brokers, so they put all these different stock brokers together, against a group of um, imprisoned, already diagnosed psychopaths, okay? And the study was kind of wild because they said that the stockbrokers were actually more reckless and more manipulative than the prisoners, okay? So that's kind of shocking, okay? So if the definition of a, of a psychopath is reckless, impulsive, uh, nerves of steel, they said, hey, they, they kind of beat out uh, the prisoners. Um, so keeping that in mind, um, there's also some research that say about 10% of CEOs are psychopaths, okay? Um, obviously, that's more corporate. That covers industries. And um, it, they're pretty much everywhere, okay, when you look at high-end organizations. All right, so Thiden, this is um, a legal firm. Thiden, Cross, and Callahan said, is your lawyer a psychopath? And they looked at different jobs and the propensity towards psychopathy. Keeping in mind, we're not talking about violent, aggressive serial killers. We're talking about lying, manipulative, deceptive, um, seeking for gain, usually monetary, uh, types of people. Okay, so the top fields for psychopaths is one CEO, okay, chief executive officer, is then start looking there, right? Number two, lawyer, okay? Um, obviously, they're set up in a situation where it's completely adversarial all the time, so, you know, a lot of the stakes get pushed at winning, not justifying it, but I guess, you know, you can see how certain uh, career styles can formulate a certain level of goal-directed thinking. Okay, one that I thought was a bit surprising. Sorry, I got noise out here, so hopefully you can, uh, hopefully we can override it. Um, The one that was surprising is the surgeon. Now, this doesn't mean every surgeon. People are like, how can a surgeon be a psychopath? They save people's lives. Okay, psychopathic in the sense that these are people who are very goal-directed, and they function in adrenaline environments, okay? The operating room is a very adrenaline-based operating room, 
and high stress, okay? And that was in an article by Pacific Standard. Um, sounds like a railroad, but um, the guy's name is Rick Paulus in June 14th of 17. And the title of his article is, Why Are So Many Surgeons A Blank Blank Blanks? Okay, and he goes to say, hey, this is high stress adrenaline environments. Okay, it's very competitive. And basically, you know, what we're talking about is not so great bedside manner. People know um, people with that uh, style. But also, I guess, because of the environment, they're more of a, they have to be, a, they're forced to be a team player, but they're, they're given the message that, hey, in the OR, you are the captain. So basically, they can get away with, you know, more verbal aggression, things like that. So in the fact that they're not sensitive or lack sensitivity interpersonally is pretty much the gist I get from that. Um, nothing more, just socially not sensitive. Um, and, you know, they're going to thrive in those environments. And they say, um, and a lot of times who these people trained under were also socially insensitive types. They're just say, get the job done. We know how to do it. Let's make it happen. Um, so anyway, those were the lists. And this was, like I said, they pulled this off of a legal, um, article that will, you may tend to find more people who are more psychopathic. Okay. Now the lowest rates of psychopathy, okay, were found with care aids. Like, you know, when I think of care aids, I think of people who are working in nursing homes, I think those people are just saints. I mean, um, they usually get, do not get paid well, um, but they have ultimate, ultimate regard for people in very vulnerable spaces. And they, quite frankly, they do the work that a lot of people wouldn't want to touch. Um, but I, that's why I call them saints. But apparently they say, yeah, they have the lowest rates. Nurses as well. Doctors made the list. Therapists made the list. Um, in the sense that, you know, basically people, people, okay, less likely, uh, to be, to, you know, to not be socially insensitive or have less social regard. But the one that kind of didn't surprise me, uh, was a hairstylist, least likely, oh, not least, but not likely to be a psychopath. And I thought, yeah, generally not the uh, hairstylist, okay, but it, more than likely it's their clients, okay, you want to talk about some psychopathic uh, people, uh, you know, there's, there are some women, I hate to say it, but you cut their hair wrong and they, they, they're going to lose their mind, and, uh, but anyway, so that is some of the jobs, job titles, where you might look for some of this type of behavior and keep in mind it's kind of spectrum -y. doesn't mean that everybody who's listed in here is lying to you pathologically no it just means that they're going to be more egocentric and they're not going to be super socially sensitive in fact they're going to be a lot detached okay so keep in mind we're not trying to bottleneck uh, careers and say you won't find one here, you won't find one here, because, uh, you know, that's simply not the case. You can pretty much find them anywhere. And to give you an example, uh, healthcare, 
okay? So you have these doctors who are working, 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 and basically they've got, you know, um, they're, they're basically exhausted. They have huge amount of people to see. They've got computers dealing with algorithms. And um, so basically at the top end of that is what? A corporate structure. Corporate structures on the hospitals, right? So they are the ones. They got CEOs. They got board of directors. They've got high-end exec admin. And that's who these doctors have to bow to. And it's really unfortunate because you, you're seeing a lot of doctors leaving uh, healthcare and because they're overworked. They're not able to spend time with patients, okay? Everything's got to be digitally accounted for and such. So anyway, so I'm saying, hey, you know, sometimes you think, oh, you know, CEOs, they have to be terrible. Well, guess what? Healthcare can be too. And if you have any questions about psychopaths at the top, did you ever go to an emergency room? Did you ever see that bill? Did you ever get a surgery? Hopefully that can answer your question pretty quickly. Okay. Um, in other words, it's not the doctors running the show. It's not the donors running the show. It's the corporate greed that's running the show. Okay. Um, so some of those people expect 10% of those CEOs to straight up be straight up psychopaths. Okay. Which means they're all about the bottom line. All right. So... Uh, the health law firm, um, and this article was by George Indes III, and he's an attorney, a JD, and he says, the health law firm said doctors were under pressure to meet quotas and fill hospital beds. And this was December 14th of 2012. This article described pressure to order unnecessary tests admitting patients to fill hospital quotas, okay, to, to build and drive hospital profits, and that the doctors were f feeling controlled by the hospital execs and the admins. So here's these doctors who've spent huge amounts of their lives, you know, studying, going to school, med school. Um, they are people-based. They want to help people, and then there is this other element that is running them. Uh, so it's, it's kind of scary when you see what's going on there. Um, so here they are. They're kind of pressured. They want um, privileges at a hospital. Can they meet the quotas? Things like that. And I think we're starting to see some of that. Um, people can't spend the time they want to with their doctors the way they used to be able to. Why? There's, you know, there's quotas. Um, I think that's also the same with PAs. Um, and they're noticing that as well. You know, at what point uh, do different fields have to start uh, coordinating and saying, hey, you know, uh, kind of fighting for their, for their own skin in the game? And, uh, but that, that all goes down to legislation, lobbying, all sorts of things. Um, and so you can see there is a certain amount of psychopaths in, uh, from political angles, lobbying, PACs, uh, you know, and coordinating funds. It's all about having influence 
whether or not it's deceptive doesn't seem to matter. So that's another arena that can have them. Um, but anyway, my goal here is to say, what do these people look like in general? Because there, you know, there's some people saying, hey, you know, if you just spot them, you'll know how to walk around them. And I say, they're not easy to spot. Okay. Um, just because a person's a CEO doesn't make him an ugly monster. Okay. So let's not go painting uh, broad strokes on anybody. I'd say this is a case by case basis. Um, but you know, we need to be aware of what psychopathic behavior looks like so we can recognize it in the workplace. You might have a boss who's a psychopath. And what do I mean by that? What I mean by that is you're going to do the work. You're going to find all the ways. You're going to do all the heavy lifting. And then your boss comes along and takes credit for all of it. Okay? That's manipulative. That's deceptive, right? That's goal-directed. So that's a, temp that's a typical everyday psychopath. Um, another aspect of psychopaths that I think it was kind of interesting is the difference between, well, wait, before I go through that, I say, you know, they say, oh, you know. So, so the basic picture of a psychopath is uh, they're smooth socially, Okay, they have rehearsed ways to socially get through situations. They don't necessarily feel okay. And from a biological standpoint, what's interesting is they don't experience anxiety. Okay, um, that's why they can uh, do such competitive, high end stuff because they don't really feel the anxiety. Okay, um, so they're not as sensitive, they like the adrenaline rush. Okay. Um, but they're not sensitive to emotions and therefore not sensitive to people's position or how, you know, they tend to blame other people. Something goes wrong. Their sense of entitlement is locked in. Okay. And, and, and pretty clearly justified. They don't have a lot of remorse. This is my job. This is the way I make it happen. End of story. I got to make money for this place and that's what I do. Okay. So that's sort of the, the alpha and the omega in the thought process. Um, but the other piece I wanted to cover was, uh, you know, the difference between men and women. Now, they say psychopaths generally have a higher rate, like three or four to one, uh, male to female. But they say, oh, you know, on the other hand, females tend to go undetected easier. Okay. I don't know if that's the male uh, bravado that gives them away, so to speak. Um, but the females have a further twist, okay, that is just as ugly, if not worse, okay? And their twist is, like, the male psychopath isn't really looking for a relationship. They just want to look like they're sort of interested in a relationship, but they're really not. The female uh, psychopath, and this is coming from uh, an article... Um, called, let's see, what was it called? Kristen Fuller and Haley Schaefer, February 9th, 2022, 10 signs of a female psychopath. Female psychopaths tend to want to have a relationship with the person they're victimizing or taking advantage of. Okay, that's 
Yeah, that's really creepy. Um, keep in mind, they're all going to be, the psychopaths of this nature are not violent. They're not aggressive. They're just deceptive. They lie by omission. And that's kind of what they do. And she goes on to say that the females uh, may have a good relationship. They tend to be promiscuous. Um, We'll get pretty bored with a relationship, say, with a guy who isn't psychopathic. And at the end of the day, they're more interested in playing ball with somebody who's more like them. I guess that's the only good thing about that equation. Um, What comes to mind when I think of a female psychopath is Beth on Yellowstone. I think that's a good example of a psychopath. Um, Although, you know, they say with the females, they have, they do experience some anxiety and they do experience anger. No kidding. (laughs) If you've ever watched Yellowstone. Uh, Yeah, Beth doesn't fail to uh, surprise. Anyway. Uh, so those are some differences between males and females, uh, but they are females, and 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 actually the numbers, you know, when we're talking about, I just don't think the numbers are accurate in the amount of people who exhibit these traits. You know, what I would say is, you know, if you were if you were doing hiring in a high end place, I would say. It's not like you're going to ask these questions, right? Because you're not going to get anywhere. But you're going to see how attentive they are to social situations. I say, you know, bring a dog in and then say, you know, this dog has some issues, a couple issues. Now, the psychopath's going to be like, okay, take the dog to the vet. They know the socially prescribed answer, right? Okay. And, but... First of all, they're not going to want the hair on them. That's going to be the first thing that's going to be like, oh, my gosh. You know, you're going to watch them kind of try not to flip. Okay, because they can't stand that. Uh, But also, you know, if if the person goes in and says, hey, buddy, how are you? And starts talking to the dog, probably don't have a psychopath on your hands. Okay. Um, So that's a, uh, you know, obviously there's, there's other things to do. But basically... You know, how well do people take responsibility? That would be the other thing. Do they ever take blame? Or is it always somebody else's fault? That would be something that I would listen to, you know. Um, Never saying they've ever been through a tough situation. Never acknowledging a tough situation. They don't show any emotion about a tough situation. You may be dealing with a psychopath. So those are just some ballpark ideas of how to recognize these people. Um, like I said, they tend to know what to say that's socially appropriate, but their actions will never line up with it, okay? Their actions will always line up with what's best for them. And I think that's key. So, as I said, let's not go organizing people according to field, okay? But go on a case-by-case basis, But people who are in highly competitive environments, okay, that are are poised in position to win and have huge bottom lines, well, I'm going to say you're going to have a a greater propensity uh, towards being a psychopath, the nonviolent type, okay? Um, But there are, as I said, there's plenty of other 
uh, you know, mid-grade psychopaths working, you know, in av- average everyday situations. And heck, there are some women, uh, men alike too, but, you know, I think the word that we would usually say would be devious, okay? Instead of psychopath, throw in the word devious, okay? Underhanded, that kind of thing. Um, that's how you, they appear sweet, but they're very underhanded. They say one thing and do another. That would also be a psychopath, okay? So if you think of the word devious, you know, that doesn't mean they're going around hurting animals or people. Not directly. That's not their gig. They just like to be passive aggressive about it. And uh, so there are different rankings, I would say, of psychopathy. Okay, so, and and most people have seen somebody or know somebody who's kind of devious, okay? They don't say it the way it is, um, et cetera, okay? But so the next question is, what do you do if your boss is like that? And the only thing I can recommend is you're not going to change these people. But what you can do is try to detail your work, things like that. Um, because if you're ever in the position where you have to defend your work and show, you know, what you have, what you started with, blah, blah, at least you've got a trail. But ultimately, you probably want to get away from somebody like that because, quite frankly, they're just too hard to deal with. Um, so keep that in mind. Those are some things that you can do. You know, try to get, try to get, try to get away from them. Um, and such. So I've covered more of the high-end competitive types, but I've also covered the average uh, devious psychopaths that hang around in a lot of different workplaces. Okay, so they're not hard to find. Uh, But looking for emotion and social sensitivity, try to connect those two. I think that is going to give you more bang for your buck, so to speak. because they usually know what to say, but is there any emotion that attaches to what they have to say? That's how you're going to connect it. And yet, and, and I didn't say this and it does tie in, is they don't really have empathy, okay? Um, and that's why I say use the dog test. Um, but the other piece about this is that there is a lot of narcissism that blurs into. There's like a blurry area between narcissists and psychopaths, okay? And they cross the fences in and out, back and forth. And a lot of people like to keep them separate, but there's a lot of gray right in there. Um, so you have to keep in mind that some people you consider narcissistic actually have a little more uh, psychopathic uh, behavior. They don't care how they run the ball, just that they run the ball and that they win. And then the, the bottom line is usually monetary um, assets, resources, things like that. All right. So I hope I explained to you the everyday psychopath. All right. Thank you for joining me. And if you like the way I present or the position that I present with, you might be interested in my book. It's called, it's on Amazon and it's called Bipolar is Not an STD. And that's about the years I've worked with clients in mood disorders, discussing some personality disorders, relationship issues, and a little bit about myself. 
in the beginning. All right. Thank you for joining me. I look forward to having you back on another cast.